effective immediately. It is no longer permitted to buy, sell, transport, import, or use military-grade assault weapons in All right. this country. All right. Good morning to you. This is Mike Smith, and we start the show today with the federal government's looming ban on military-grade assault weapons. You just heard the voice there of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau making this announcement last year. Of course, it came in the aftermath of the Nova Scotia shooting rampage, the worst in Canadian history. After that, Trudeau announced the ban, and we're talking about a lot of firearms here in Canada uh, set to be banned now. Now, what is the government going to do with all those firearms? Well, they are rolling out a massive buyback program. This will be like the biggest effort of its kind in Canadian history. Canadian gun owners will have the opportunity to surrender their guns to the government. The government will then buy back the firearms from their owners. They brought in IBM to help run this thing, the looming legislation on this in the House of Commons. Going to give you an update on that. We've got both sides of it here this morning. We start today with Dr. Najma Ahmed. She's a trauma surgeon in Toronto, co-founder of Canadian Doctors for Protection from Guns. And I'm very pleased to welcome her to the show. Dr. Ahmed, thank you for coming on. Good morning, Mr. Smith. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for doing this. And if we could just go back here just to start to the 2018 shooting in Toronto, which became known as the Danforth shooting. Uh, this was a situation where a man named Faisal Hussein killed two people, wounded 13 others using a handgun. Uh, can you tell me, I, I, I believe you were on duty, right? You treated some of the victims there. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a terrible day for Toronto and uh, for the country, really. Uh, you know, I think what happened that terrible, I believe it was in August, July, August afternoon, summer of 2018, is that I think many of us Canadians realize that gun violence is not an America-U.S. only problem, that in fact it is a Canadian uh, problem, and it's not only an issue of uh, drug deals gone bad and criminal intent. You can be eating ice cream with your family on a warm summer evening in a patio somewhere in the center of the city, uh, you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the evening, and be a victim of uh, gunfire. So I think many of us, uh, I will say that those of us who work in this field, have for some time been concerned by the rise in gun violence that we've been seeing in our communities. But I think on that day, just like in that terrible on that terrible day in Nova Scotia that you mentioned, yeah. the whole uh, the whole country stood up and took notice of this and the tragedy that will remain with these families for the generations to come. Okay, do you support what the Trudeau government is doing here in, in, in banning these firearms that's being rolled out right now? So, you know, we're going to understand more. I think we will see the proposed legislation perhaps as early as next week. What we understand is that they will uh, enshrine the Orders in Council of May 2020 in uh, stricter legislation, uh, which means that those people who do not surrender their assault uh, weapons, assault-style weapons, uh, in the buyback program will be required to potentially to, um, uh, you know, further licensing and registration of those of those weapons, and I, I, I must say, with our objective and the objective of all of all of us who work in this area is to get these guns out of our homes and communities, all of these terrible, highly lethal assault-style weapons. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we want to do our best to, we, we would urge the government to do its best to ensure that as many of these weapons as can be are bought back and removed from society. But we, you know, observe the, what has happened in New Zealand where their government instituted a mandatory buyback program. And many gun owners did surrender their weapons, but others did not, which presents a wicked problem. So what do you do with those um, right. firearms that are not surrendered voluntarily? Well, it sounds like, and we're waiting to see the legislation here, but it sounds like they, they might have a provision where if, if you choose not to surrender these firearms, that you could keep them but never use them again. I guess you'd have to lock them up in a safe forever and never touch them or look at them again. I mean, it, it sounds right. like maybe something like that is coming. What do you think of that? Yeah, so, I, you know, I mean, at the current uh, orders in council... Uh, mean that these weapons cannot be bought, sold, transported, or used. And perhaps what the, or the, the further legislation will do will require increased regulations around annual licensing and registration. So uh, that if you keep them, you have to declare that you've kept this prohibited weapon. Uh, I'm assuming, I don't know, we have to sort of uh, wait and see what yeah. the what the legislation proposes. Right. Speaking to Dr. Najma Ahmed, she's the co-founder of Canadian Doctors for Protection from Guns. What do you say to the argument that taking away legal firearms from law-abiding Canadians is not the answer? What we have to do is crack down on gun smuggling across the Canada-U.S. border, gun theft, that is that is the problem. Like the guy the guy who was the, the gunman in the Danforth shooting that tragically you, you were involved with there as a doctor treating victims. I mean, I, I've read sort of conflicting reports of where that handgun came from. I, I saw one report that was traced to the United States, another that it was, it was stolen in a break-in somewhere else in the country in Saskatchewan. I mean, at the, the end of the day, it was not a legal weapon that he had there. Um, so, you know your thoughts. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. And what we, uh, what we Canadian Doctor of Protection from Guns uh, are, have been advocating for is a comprehensive approach. So all the things that you mentioned are absolutely important, and they all require uh, a different strategy. The bottom line is that we want to decrease the proliferation and the prevalence of these firearms in our homes and communities in our societies. Certainly, we have to address the smuggling of guns across the border. We also have to decrease the prevalence of guns in our in our homes and communities. I, I know a lot of people like to talk about uh, crime and interpersonal violence in the inner city, but the most frequent cause of gun death in this country is suicide uh, by firearm, actually, and uh, we, and that is because guns are readily available in homes, as well as um, you know their use in domestic violence and homicide. So all of these things require a slightly different and tailored approach, but what they all have in common is the gun. So for sure, we need to decrease the prevalence and people's access to guns in uh, legal and illegal. The other thing I will say is that... Let me ask you one, let me yeah. ask you one more question. Uh, the weapons that are being the firearms that are being banned here by the by the Trudeau government are, are what Trudeau has called military grade assault weapons, and gun rights advocates will dispute this description. They will say, "Look, these weapons that are being banned are semi-automatic rifles that work just like you know, other other rifles that are not being banned. Uh, they they are not fully automatic weapons. You don't they're not machine guns which are already banned." 
you have to pull the trigger for each shot. There's only five bullets allowed in, in the chamber or the clip. And, and so what you're doing is you're banning weapons that are, are really not a problem. Like, you know, we already have fully automatic machine guns banned in the country and you're banning weapons that are, that are not, that are not that category. They're not really military uh, assault weapons. Your thoughts? My thoughts are that, uh, you know, these weapons that have been banned are easily modifiable. And this argument of five bullet uh, chamber only is a red herring. Those uh, reloadable magazines are very easily modifiable and uh, can uh, fire uh, repeated rounds uh, of uh, ammunition. And we know that these kinds of weapons have been used in mass shootings uh, across across the world. The AR-15 actually is the most commonly uh used weapon in mass shootings in the U.S., and that is almost a weekly or monthly event. We don't want to get there. And these weapons, we know, uh, you know, are very efficient killing machines. That's what they're used for. They're used to kill and maim as many people as possible in the shortest period of time. But, but how is that? But is that true, though, if it's not, a, they're not, these are not automatic weapons? They're semi-automatic weapons right. with loadable with, with, with loadable magazines that are easily modifiable. So both the magazine and the, the automatic me- the semi-automatic mechanism that can be modified is uh, banned by these orders in council. Right. Okay. Other countries that have moved to these legislative efforts have much lower rates of firearm injury and death in their community. So we shouldn't compare ourselves to the U.S. because that's not okay. who we want to be like. We want to okay. be like countries that are safer uh, from gun violence. Thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. I appreciate. I appreciate. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot, Doctor Najma Ahmed, Canadian Doctors for Protection from Guns. Talking about the Trudeau government's gun ban, the government getting set here to roll out a massive buyback program to buy back guns in the hands of Canadian gun owners. You heard my conversation there with Doctor Ajma Ahmed. Now let's get the other side of it. Rod Giltaka, Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. Rod, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me, Mike. Okay, what would you say in response to what she said? Because I know you heard the interview there. Right. There's so much factually wrong. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what she said that was factually true. So um, as you can see from you know, her, the conversation you had with her, there's a reason why we oppose doctors getting involved in firearm-related uh, policy discussions because they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to firearm policy, uh, criminal use of firearms, or how firearms work. I mean, you heard her stumbling around Oh, uh, these are modifiable. The gun's modifiable. I guess she was implying full auto. The RCMP is that not is that not true? That, is that not true? You you can't modify. Absolutely, these? it's not true because okay. the RCMP experts in the lab actually determine what's convertible to full auto or not, and all of the firearms that were banned were were determined by the RCMP to be safe and appropriate for civilian use in Canada. When it comes to magazines, you can three D print a magazine. So a lot of a lot of fallacious arguments, especially the proliferation of firearms, meaning that there's going to be more firearm-related death. That is not true. So it's very difficult to have a conversation where Canadians can get the truth in a reasonable, mature manner in which to make an opinion. What about when, when she said, and you hear this frequently, you also hear this from the Prime Minister, that the weapons that they're banning are designed to kill the most human beings possible in, in the shortest possible time. And I heard her say that and, and just pointed out to her, we're not talking automatic weapons. These are not machine guns we're talking about. What your thoughts? Well, they're always on message, right? Assault weapons, assault weapons, U.S., mass killing, assault, killing. And it's just, they're always on message. And then when that falls, falls apart, which it always does. The, and as I said before, anti-gun people will never sit in a room 
in a couple of chairs with a camera on in an audience or, you know, whatever, and just have a conversation back and forth about this because it's always hit and run, right? Throw as much disinformation as you can out there. And what happens is that assault weapon argument falls apart and it's taken apart very easily. And then they resort to, well, suicide. Suicide yeah. is the number one result of, of firearm-related um, mortality in Canada. Well, firearm-related suicides represent 16% of overall suicides in Canada. It's not a leading method whatsoever. And groups like the Canadian Doctors for Protection from Guns and the Canadian government, they won't do anything to prevent suicide or reduce it, including instituting the 988 program. It took till just recently, like I'm talking a month ago, for the government to say there should be a three-digit number in the telecommunication system in Canada for emotional emergencies. And so while they do nothing to reduce suicide, it's a great excuse to, to attack people like okay. me that haven't done anything wrong. Okay, Rod, stand by here. As we, let's take a few phone calls here. We've got lots of them as usual. Kevin in Vancouver. Hey, Kevin, what do you think? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, so right off the, the, the get-go, I actually want to say I, I understand where the doctor's coming from. You know, she, she's somebody who cares about people's lives. She's seeing it all the time. So I, I really, truly get that. I, I am yeah. a registered firearms owner. Um, and the one thing that has really gotten under my skin is that uh, the firearm that has been banned that I own, uh, it's a 9 millimeter. It has horrific ballistics. It, you know, you can't hit a barn 25 feet away with this thing. It's not a killing machine. It's for target yeah. practice. This does nothing. The, removing this from society does nothing to protect people. Um, I would like to see the millions and millions of dollars they're going to spend on a buyback and let's give the RCMP the tools to take away firearms from people that are actually hurting others with these. Yeah. Uh, licensed firearms owners are not doing that. If you look at the numbers, they just don't pan out. And your guest has mentioned this. My concern is let's take it away from the gang member who's right. actually doing this. And that's hard. That's hard. This is easy. So they're not actually accomplishing anything except for kind of washing this, making it look like they're doing something. Meanwhile, somebody's walking down the street, you know, carrying it. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Kevin. I, I think there is a, a lot of politics going on here. I mean, if you take a look at the opinion polls in this, Trudeau has got large support in Canada for, for what he's doing here. But I, I do agree that I think there's a lot of disinformation out there on it. And, Rod, just to pick up on, on some of those points, you know, I don't know why they don't go after more aggressively gun smuggling uh, from illegal guns being smuggled across the border from the United States. I mean, I don't know. That, to me, should be like top priority because this buyback program is going to be massive. It's going to be complicated. It's going to be extremely expensive. Uh, you know, do you think they'd be better off going after like gun smuggling? Well, of course. And, the, and the, what, what people like the doctor's group, they don't understand that the reason why government should not be heavy handed making making laws for political purposes or, you know, um, to make hay with their supporters. You, you don't do that because what happens is you have people um, that won't comply and non-compliance is bad. That means your law, your lawmaking process is flawed and it, and it, it, it creates, it, it erodes the relationship that people have with law enforcement, with government, okay. with politicians, with the system. And that is a bad thing for our society. One more call here, Ricky on Vancouver Island. Hey, Ricky. Hey, bud. Virtue yeah. signaling and platitudes. Now, just give me a second here. You got, 30, Scot- you got 30 seconds, okay? Nova Scotia shooting. No AR-style assault rifle. It was handguns. Your Montreal shooting. Handguns. But let's go and ban the AR. I'm a hunter. 99.9%, 999% of hunters are all fine with their guns. 
1,700 people die of drug overdoses yesterday in B.C. announced you want to give them more money, give them free drugs and take care of them. The less okay. than 0.001% of hunters and stuff have an issue with guns, but we're going to ban them. Thanks, Thank you. Thank, thanks, Ricky. Uh, we got way more calls, but unfortunately, as usual, we're out of time. So we'll just have to do it again. Uh, Rod, thanks for coming on. Thanks again for having me, Mike. Okay, you bet. Rod Giltaka, their Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights.